0: Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. My name is Mitch Bach. On today's episode, we are tackling the question of storytelling. I think it's one of the most important parts of offering a great guest experience. And I've invited two professional guides and storytellers and two friends of mine, Lee Jameson and Jazz Dotton, to talk with me. This episode was inspired by an experience I had two weeks ago when I was traveling in Rome I booked a tour, and at the beginning of the tour, the guide asked all of us what we did for a living, and I said I trained tour guides. He said, what is there to learn? He had been through three years of rigorous training and licensing. He had studied art and history and architecture and everything else, and he said he was done with that education and was very proud of his license. So my immediate knee-jerk reaction to him was that One of the main things I teach is the craft of storytelling because it's not only what you know as a guide and how much you know it, but also how you impart that knowledge to your guests and ultimately how you make them feel at the end of the tour. So on this episode, we're going to tackle the question, what makes a great storyteller? And then next week, with the same guests, for part two, we're tackling the question of what makes good tour content. And this is just the beginning of a long series on guest experience topics. And throughout the series, you're going to be hearing from your fellow tourpreneurs as they share their perspectives on what makes a great storyteller. As always, you can find show notes and more on tourpreneur.com. And if you haven't already, you should definitely subscribe to our weekly Tourpreneur Digest for news and insights from the experiences industry. And make sure you are part of our very active Facebook community where we discuss this topic and so much more. So let's get started.
1: Hi, my name is Helen from Rome Wild Adventure. What makes a guide a great storyteller is someone who can really engage and interact authentically with guests. It's someone who can transport you mentally to another time or another world with their words and make you feel like time doesn't exist. A great storyteller is someone who has the ability to craft a narrative and make you feel like you're listening to them build a story and not just recite from rote something that they've memorized from a script. And I think lastly, a great storyteller has to be friendly and likable, so you'll actually want to pay attention to what they're saying.
0: Lee Jameson, welcome to Tourpreneur. Would you start by giving the audience just a little background of who you are and what you do.
2: Sure, Uh, I am a tour director, tour guide. I am based in Washington, DC. I've been working in tourism and in museums for the last 15 years. So in that respect, I am a public historian in a lot of respects. Uh, But I started working professionally on stage when I was 16. Um, I'm a little past 16 now, so I'm 35 years into uh, professional performance and storytelling.
0: I remember the first time I met you, you were a tour guide in a very specific setting as a ghost tour guide in Alexandria. And the thing that probably blew me away immediately was that the rambunctious 14-year-olds that I had been traveling with as a tour manager for a week got to you, were out of control, and within a couple of seconds were transformed by you. Your storytelling skills changed the entire atmosphere of the tour. And so as I was thinking about who I wanted to speak with first about this venerable topic of storytelling, it was you. And it's partially because of your experience, not only as a guide, but also outside as a historian, as an author, as an actor. And so both of us are also probably old enough that we remember a world in which storytelling wasn't the word that everybody used. Today, it's a buzzword. Back then, it was my commentary, and it was about memorizing your commentary, having what in New York we call our shtick. It's the thing that we say at the place whenever we're there. So I wanted to start by asking you, what's with this new word storytelling? Why is it everywhere? And why have we shifted to it as kind of a predominant concept for uh, the way we think about tour guiding?
2: I, th- I think in large part because with storytelling, there is emotional engagement um, rather than just a data dump. Now, a data dump can be very skillfully done. Um, but... Our guests become more engaged when they feel that they are invited into what we are talking about rather than being impressed with our knowledge skills, which is what commentary tends to be. Um, It's it's really about that emotional engagement, designing a way of thinking that involves senses through language.
0: I love that. I think probably... On one level, it was okay to have a tour that was based in you knowing a lot because for the non-guides, it was hard to know a lot. When I started guiding, there was no Wikipedia, there were no Google Maps. I looked like a hero just because I got people to the right place and I told them things. Now with the instantaneity of knowledge of all of these ways in which we can immediately have uh, this information at our at our at our fingertips, the guide Needs to be doing something else.
2: Absolutely. I I'd still get comments from guests uh, that they can't believe that I, that I know all of these things. But the reason I feel that they, they're beginning to retain what I share is because of the presentation of it. We have literally the world in at our fingertips with our phones. And If you want to stand in front of something in a museum, for example, and find out more because you're stimulated by the text that is there, that's absolutely within everybody's purview. But when you have a guide and they are opening up an entire sense of world about that object or about that site, because you are stepping into the space, that's a completely different experience.
0: I love that you say stepping into a world because in some ways it shows kind of a resonance with things like movies or books. There are structures that allow us to go on a type of journey. And so I'm wondering if as a storyteller and as an actor, if you think about the craft of a good story, about what some of the techniques are that you're using to make sure that you're not just doing that data dump, as you call it, but crafting a story, what does that mean to craft a story?
2: For me, it's it's about establishing the history world actually happening, and I want to uh, almost be a voyeur into how that history world happened. I'm going to use Mount Vernon because it's right down the street and it's a regular visitation spot. When you come to Washington, D.C., it's not just about George Washington the man um, and he built this house and he married Martha. Um, it's not that pared down clear fact it's how challenging it may have been for him to be um, drafting out the plans when he doesn't have a formal education himself um, and how quickly he wanted to work before his new bride arrived at the house and what it must have been like in those weeks and months leading up to it for him to have the crew of enslaved that were being given particular jobs of carpentry and then what is it to be an enslaved carpenter what it is it what is it to be involved in the trade of carpentry at all where are you going to get the lumber and all of those sorts of sensory questions um what the what the weather would have been like how it would have affected all of those sensory moments are what i think about when i'm crafting the story And then I take all of that out again because the guest doesn't need to walk down the rabbit holes with me. (laughs) They want to have it compact and palatable and manageable. So once I build an entire world, then I have to strip it down again. The other thing that's really important for me when I'm crafting a story is the rests in the music. It's those moments of pause. There's a storyteller who writes an entire book about the judicious art of the pause and allowing the ear to catch up with the story and in those gaps which i'd like to talk about as rests in music those forced moments of silence that gives the guest their opportunity to see how you see
0: how many times have you taken a tour and watch the guide ask a question and then immediately keep talking. Not even give time for a real response or for the guests to pause and think about something for a moment. And it sounds like actually you're, you're advocating for a certain storytelling of subtraction where you say less than you know, you give space for silence because it's just as important as the things that you're sharing. And all of those things are starting to allow the listener, the guest, the receiver, to become more of an active participant in what you're doing as a
2: guide. Absolutely. It's about reaching out the hand and inviting them in. It, it That's what creates experience. Otherwise, we are teachers and lecturers, and that's great, but that's not the experience of travel. Um, you want to be able to taste and use and hear and smell and use the rest of those senses And while we can't always give our guest the smell, when you give them the space to think about how you have described a smell, they smell it.
0: As a traveler going on a travel experience, you want to be an active participant. You want to be engaged. And I think there's different kinds of engagements in terms of the relationship between the guest and the guide. One of the ways is to be, as you kind of alluded to before, entertained. Entertained by the virtuosity of their personality or their knowledge. Uh, The kind of tour in which at the end of it, you go, wow, they knew a lot, but... I don't remember a single thing, but I know that they know a lot. And it was quite impressive. That to me that's different than what you're advocating, which is both world-making and creating what sometimes gets called a sense of place, right? A real emotional feeling that I know something about these streets of Naples or about Yosemite about Yosemite National Park, this beautiful mountainous vista. And I'm not simply resting on, oh, well, it was first discovered by this white man, and then, it, and then a hotel was built by this person, but there's something more, a sense of place. Where are we at, and what do we want our guests to leave feeling?
2: You know, when you show up at, when you show up at the hotel, when, you, when you're staying at, at one of the fabulous historic hotels in the parks, um, you know, a, a, quick, a quick rundown of factoids at that moment, might be all that you need. That gives you the opportunity to share story later on in the experience because you have um, you've not worn the ear out also. Um, so there's a tempo thing as well. There's a tempo within a story. There's a tempo within the tour experience. And being able to go back and forth between the two is what is going to create those moments of, Wow, I'm impressed with what they know. And I remember the story about that moment.
0: Yeah, I love that musical metaphor, not only because I studied music in college, and so I often am thinking in terms of sort of composing of time or composing of, you know, the space that we have uh, with these guests. But it's, it, you can't also have nonstop crescendo, you can't have nonstop wow moments, they can't all be these, what do you feel, imagine, blah, 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 type stories. Or again, you're overloading. you're overloading the guest and they won't remember anything. You're creating the same problem as if you give them too much facts. And so I love that you're sort of saying, let your tour breathe and create a variety of different ways that you're engaging with them, some of which are three fun facts. Other times it's giving a very clear date-based historical outline, but also go beyond that. Find the moment that calls for you to do something more. In your work, also as a museum docent, as a guide in, I know you work at the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. What, what do you think is different in terms of storytelling when you're engaging with an object, when you are in a space in which really you're trying to get the thing you're looking at to speak. That it's not just you laying an interpretive layer on top of this painting, but you're trying to get the guests to engage directly with that work of art. How does your storytelling look differently in that context?
2: It's dialogue and conversation. I have the, I've had the privilege of being trained through the National Gallery of Art in um, a technique of slow gaze, which I wish Golly, I wish that we had that opportunity every single time, but of course we have time constraints. Um, Slow gaze is a way of looking at very particular quadrants, and all you're doing is forcing yourself to see all of those elements, and once you see them, you get to wonder about them, and that word alone is so delicious, the way you can use um, not just a knowledge base, but a very distinctly emotional way of connecting with an object. When you wonder about it, why did the artist do this? Why was this the image? Why did a certain event in the context of the painting um, being created affect the painting, affect the artist? Um, So it's, it's such a luxurious way of engaging with a piece of art, but the story is still there because it didn't magically appear painted. There was always some element of something that was pulled in to create the full thing, and that's the story.
0: I think this goes back to the guide as someone who has a world that they've created in secret. It's a world of knowledge. It's a world that they know and they want to share and what it comes down to is how are you sharing that world? And in some ways, I, I when you were talking, it, it made me think of another place in Washington, D.C., or in Virginia, Arlington National Cemetery, where you walk into this visual landscape that is rich with wonder. You suddenly see these graves in this perfect row, this mysterious home sort of sitting at the top of a hill. Why is it there? And rather than suddenly just launching into your historical overview and explaining everything that they see, as a guide, your storytelling could begin with, what do you see? And then letting the, what, the, the discovery of the guest, what the guest sees, be what you begin your story with. Because you're gonna, you're gonna share that knowledge no matter what. So let it feel as if it's an act of co-discovery with your guests, rather than let the lecture begin.
2: It also helps to, uh, to to know your audience when you find out what they know and what they're interested in. Um, that can really help direct which stories you're going to be pulling out of your sack, um, uh, and your tailor. It feels like for your guests that you have tailored the experience for them. Even though you've got a whole collection of stories you could be pulling um, and probably pull the same one every single time, it will feel like it is directed specifically for that audience and that audience member when you get them actively engaged. And I love that you mentioned the cemeteries because every single stone in a cemetery is a story. Every single stone because they were all a person who lived a life and sometimes the life is very famous and sometimes the life is very uh, regular. Um, But I'm a regular person and for somebody to want to know my regular story is a fantastic thing. Uh, Sheldon Goodman in London runs the cemetery club uh, where he does in depth tours of London's cemeteries. And he always refers to cemeteries as museums of people. And I love that idea that uh, you go to a museum to see an artifact and you want to know the story about the artifact, you can have the same experience in a cemetery.
0: Lee Jameson, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with our community. I appreciate it so much.
2: It's just always a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
3: My name is David Shaw from off-the-record tours. A good storyteller is one who can bring to life people and events from the past and make them relevant for our lives today.
4: Hi, my name is Christy Hunter, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and my company is Photo Walk Your Travel. For me, great storytelling is all about bringing your guests in on a journey, and you can use storytelling to evoke emotion or get them to think about things in a different way or to, to give them a history, but, but really think about the purpose of why you're telling these stories and what emotions you want to leave them with at that point. For me, like the best thing I can hear from a guest is, you know, we'll, we never forgot what you told us. We never forgot that that story. My name is Jazz Doughton, and I am an academic administrator at Brandeis University, and I'm a hobby historian. I like learning Black history wherever I go, and I have a YouTube channel about it called Black Gems Unearthed.
0: I want to start by thinking about this word, story, in relation to what you're doing. You're telling the story of specifically Black history in a space that traditionally has been filled with stories of white people and white men. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering if you could begin by telling me about what what storytelling means to you.
4: Sure, I think storytelling means uh, sharing information in preferably an entertaining way, because otherwise people will not take away the message that you'd like to present. I think talk stories are a way of preserving history and allowing each generation to look at the past to decide how does that shape where we are today. Even though history can be 200, 300, 400 years old, it does influence where we are today because each generation learns from their parents, from their grandparents, their great grandparents and so on. So stories to me is sharing where we come from and hopefully where we'll go next.
0: So then, what makes a guide a great storyteller?
4: I think what makes a guide a great storyteller is the ability to surprise and delight their audience. People love surprises, and the average person is not very surprised in their day-to-day life.
0: Surprising and delighting is why people travel.
4: It really is experience something new. That's what a guide should be able to do. Just really bring them into a different space, even if the space is not necessarily new to them, just create a new way to view the space.
0: You began by sort of saying that a, a certain type of entertainment allows you to kind of communicate in a way that, oh, they're with me, they're enjoying this. They don't quite even realize where I'm about to take them, which is the joy of theater. But it's also not theater because it's not one directional. And so well, how do you
4: nav- how do you kind of navigate those two sides? It's more like improv. Like you read the room. Like you get up, you might have some jokes in mind, but you know, maybe you see a person in the front row wearing, like, red socks, and somehow that ties into what you're saying. You got to make a joke about the guy with the red socks and see how they react. If they react negatively, we're not going to talk about the red socks anymore (laughs) in this performance. You kind of have to have your information that you know you want to present, but see how people are interacting with your content.
0: You're so Boston that even your improv object is a baseball team.
4: (laughs) say red slaps patriots they're all good
0: <laughs> you're so right though as as a guide you're not a one directional information giver because and if that you can do be-
4: that that creates a problem sometimes actually i would say oftentimes that means you're going off of your own mind and people could be having a very negative experience and you're not going to know
0: well and if it's you know they just were bored by your entertaining story that's one thing but it's very different if what you're doing is trying to communicate an essential truth about the history of a place that is ripe for misinterpretation or misreading by an audience member based on their particular perspective what do you do in terms of 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 your language i've i've been on tours to the 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 difficult history of charleston south carolina for example where i was not yelled at but it was it was a stump speech it was intense and 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 it was almost designed for the guests to feel uncomfortable and i've been on other tours where it's 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 more let me butter you up let me butter you up so that you're with me for the ride and so I'm wondering if you've ever had a moment and I know you're so nice and smiley but a moment of, of darkness or of bombast or of intensity that is appropriate for the story
4: I've I have presented information <laughs> that's hard to take and I've done it in a way that's made people feel not great but it's not great about the topic it's not about them as individuals so you can do that it's just where do you go after that? Like, what's the next thing you're going to talk about? Is it going to be another item or another topic that'll uh, make the audience feel sad, mad, angry? Or do you try to bring them up from there to like a sense of hope based off of like a story that shows like progress is possible?
0: I think sometimes there's a tendency or or a way of looking at a tour as as, as as a monolithic. This is my fun tour, or this is my difficult tour. This is my happy tour. This is my funny tour. And actually what you're sort of uh, uh, invoking is the idea that you pay attention to energy and make a choice where to go next, that you could be dark for a little bit. And then you ask yourself, well, how do we rise? Do I buy my group of cannoli now for being good <laughs> listeners? Or, or, do we, or do we stay dark? Or, you know, how do we... How do how do we how do we continue the storytelling across different energies, different topics over the course of the tour, and it can be multi-textured.
4: I kind of think of it like a, a movie. You know, most movies have you know the beginning exposition where they're just setting up this, the the story. And then maybe there's a challenge that the character faces, or maybe they fall in love, and you're trying to kind of evoke all these feelings in the movie. And like you know where it's supposed to go, but the difference between a tour and a movie or theater is that you can kind of go off in another direction depending on how people are feeling in the group.
0: It again, it's that improv uh, metaphor where there's just an element of choose your own adventure, I guess. It's totally
4: choose your own adventure. That is what a good tour experience should be. And I think a lot of tours in the past may not have been that way. They were more fact-based. And now that's why some people may say, I don't want to have a tour guide. No, you don't want to have an information-based tour guide. You want like a tour guide that's going to razzle dazzle and surprise you and make you feel all sorts of things like that's what you want. So
0: if you're not using the word information as sort of the clarion call of what a tour guide does, is the opposite for you storytelling?
4: I think I would go with edutainment because I'm providing education in an entertaining fashion because, yeah, I'm sharing knowledge for you to absorb on this day, maybe take with you. It's really up to you. And... Hopefully, it's story-based so that you can retain it. <laughs> I know I don't ever remember dates, facts, people's names.
0: I love that you brought up memorable because in the end of a tour, those our brains just aren't built to remember that kind of stuff. It's built to remember how you made them feel. When you're looking at material that sometimes is more difficult, how do you... How are you How are you painting that picture as a storyteller? How are you, for example, as you dig into the enslaved history of Boston, deciding which stories you tell and how you tell them?
4: I think I look at the full length of like an hour tour and decide how much of this time do I want to be spent in what emotional state? Like I might start a tour... By the Boston Harbor and say, hey, you know, as we look at at this ocean, you know, we can think about how people came here on a quest to expand and be in a new land and be able to start anew. But at the same time, there were people here whose lives changed for the worse. So I can start with that and see, okay, how are people feeling? Where are we going to go next? Are we, are we going to go into slavery we are going to talk about, you know, the colonists that came here on their boats and started farming? And <laughs> so, yeah, I just always, you know, I could take a moment and pause and see what's happening. Um, like, I know where I might want to go and I might know what's going to be subsequent uh, places to stop on the tour. But I'm going to also see what are people <laughs> feeling as I've opened my mouth. <laughs>
0: you know it's just such a different way of thinking about a guided facilitated experience than learning the script having your set stories having your route i remember actually one time i took a bus tour in boston and the bus had to be diverted across a different bridge and through a different route and mm-hmm. the guide just stopped talking the guide just stopped talking because she oh, said wow. well this isn't my route this isn't where i go oh yeah and and then, but uh, I love that. And then the detour, and then the detour finished, and we were back on her route, and then she started talking again. And it just felt like, I don't know, uh, you could have put mis- something in there. God, you could have given me a little baseball <sighs> or whatever, traffic, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, really, it, it almost seems to me that rather than thinking about having your set stories and the way you tell them, you've got your body of knowledge that is hopefully wide and deep and rich, and then you have a set of interpersonal skills Mm -hmm. that allow you to know when and how to best communicate that body of knowledge. And add to that, not to complicate things, a certain ability to understand the core mechanics of storytelling, which is begin by hooking them, go somewhere, lead them somewhere, Mm -hmm. and then make it feel conclusive. So it almost feels like you've got the storytelling methodology, you've got interpersonal skills, and you've got a lot of knowledge.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I almost feel like sometimes the guide thinks their job is done when they've known a lot, when they've read everything that they need to no. read. And
4: <laughs>
0: the rest is up to, oh, you know, your personality, or they didn't like me, or, or whatever. But it, all of that takes work. All yep. three of those things mm-hmm.
4: take work. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's great to have that knowledge. I would also like to say, I keep a lot of that knowledge in, <laughs> in my notes, having your information organized in a way that you can find your knowledge, be able to tell it at the appropriate times, based on how people are feeling is the name of the game. <laughs> it's just so funny.
0: You, you don't have to know everything.
4: No, right now. you won't. But <laughs>
0: it, you don't know anything if you can't find what you do know, and yes. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's just if if you are going to be this kind of guy that has this wide and deep body of knowledge and all this research that you've done, well, of course you're not expected to know it off the top of your head at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but use a tool like Notion or OneNote or Google Drive or something so that it lives on your phone, and as you know how the conversation, how the guided tour is going you can look up some of the stuff and go through a section of Boston's North End that maybe you don't go traditionally, but you're going there now because you've got a group of teachers and there's a really cool history of school segregation and desegregation that you want to talk about. Well, have that body of knowledge accessible at your fingertips, organized on your phone Uh, as an operator. You can create almost this sort of map of the world of the history that you believe in, that you love, that you want your guides to share, and then share that online notebook with all of your guides so that they begin to have this path through a city that isn't so scripted because what it ends up doing is creating an audience relationship that is just more blunt. Either they like what you're doing or they don't. Whereas Mm -hmm. what you're advocating for is that improv, I'm feeling it, they're feeling it, let's do this. And those moments as a guide are just so much more rewarding than when they're all laughing at you or with you, because it was really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's deeper.
4: Yeah, it's that's deeper. such a great idea for the tour operators to build out knowledge and information so that guides, yeah, you know, guides are going to know lots of things, but maybe there's specific information you would like them to share like specific stories especially when it comes to telling underrepresented stories like I I think that tour operators could help with that don't just expect guides to spend all their spare time in the historic societies even though we do like (laughs) that sort of thing but don't expect it
0: (laughs) you know I love this though because really what we've just created here is a happy medium between the tour operator that has the script and just expects the guide to memorize the script and the other kind of tour operator that says, I trust you as a guide, go off and do your thing mm-hmm. because there's, there's almost traps on both sides, right? And you're right. You're, uh, if, if you're simply leaving it all up to the guide, well, then you're leaving it up to every single <laughs> guide to have these epiphanies of discovery and doing that extra work, which is a lot of work.
4: It's it's a lot of work. Who has the time necessarily to do all that? Like, I was unemployed. This is why this happened, okay? I didn't know all this Black history. I had 40 hours plus a week to dig into it. (laughs) And I only scratched the surface on Black history. So, like, what about all the other groups?
0: (laughs) What, for you, when you look through kind of your experience of discovering all this material, discovering tour guiding uh, in this kind of storytelling, what for you has been and been a highlight in terms of discovering what it means to be an educator in a kind of guided context and and learning all of this storytelling material and everything else?
4: One highlight has been learning when to stop talking. (laughs) You don't need to talk for 10 minutes and one standing location you you just don't need to do it so I, i think it's been very liberating to know that because now i feel comfortable sharing a story seeing how it's going have i shared the main point that I wanted to? Have I got to the point? Is the group laughing? Is the group crying right now? Okay, I could probably wrap it up. Because before, I would just kind of go on and on and on without a clear end in sight. (laughs) And that's very confusing for other people and for myself and the timing of where we need to be.
0: Not only have I experienced tours in which we're an hour late because (laughs) it was a lot of information, I could tell they were passionate, but on the other hand, you're right, I've experienced tours in which it feels like the story ends four times. (laughs) Come on, they just kissed, all right, or the main character just died, that's it. It's it's the Titanic yeah. is down for the count. Yeah. we're done. We don't need to uh, bring it
4: back up. Oh, wait, wait, I forgot to tell you this one fact yeah, about yeah. the windows on the board on board of the ship. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Oh. I've I've been I've been in many storytelling situations in which the st- in in which the Titanic unsinks itself <laughs> just so I can learn what kind of glass the lamps were made of in first no. class.
4: No. like if someone asks you. Fine, but if not, move on.
0: <laughs> I do think if we take your advice and we see guiding in this sort of wider lens of my skill set is, of course, my knowledge, but it's also my crafting of the stories and it's also my interpersonal skills, then you don't feel as if it all rests on your knowledge.
3: Mm-hmm. Because if it
0: all rests on your knowledge, then you're doing a better job the more you give. Uh, and <laughs> And yet, if you understand this level of interpersonal skill that really deepens the relationship to the place and to each other and to you and the guests, then mm-hmm. you start to see guiding as also that, that stopping talking is just as important a skill as sharing what yeah. you do now.
4: I would like to say, too, that it's not just interpersonal skills, because I've seen the other end of the spectrum where there are guides that like are spending a lot of time trying to become friends with the group or with Mm -hmm. individuals. And like that also is not what people paid for. (laughs) So you got to find a happy medium between like getting to know your guests, sharing stories and sticking to the timeline
0: yeah, maybe it's not interpersonal in the sense that oh, just trying to be a friend, but rather it's it's this it's a sensitivity to yes. the pe- to, pe- yeah. to the people that you're communicating mm-hmm. with, an awareness maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's yeah, that's really interesting. But I do think the takeaway in all the situations from our conversation here is is understand the energy that you're trying to create. Be intentional about that energy. Jazz, uh, I could keep talking to you for hours
4: <laughs> about all of this stuff. I hear you. It's so fun. It's like I finally have someone to talk to about this. I need to meet more guides locally.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Jazz. Really appreciate it.
4: Yeah, you're welcome. All right.
3: My name is Kevin Boynton from Pinpoint Traveler. I think that what makes a great storyteller is someone who is engaging, really tries to connect with all of his or her guests. And I believe that tying things together between historical stories and, if possible, to things about the present day can really make everything just seem more relevant and and just sticks in their minds. Of course, while you're telling stories, you want to eye contact and and really again engage the people and while you're doing this you see what is kind of lighting something up inside of them and you can use that to tailor the future stories you tell as the experience continues you really get a, a, a good feeling for what's hitting home
0: That's the end of this episode of Tourpreneur. For show notes and more resources, make sure you visit tourpreneur.com. And make sure to check out part two of this episode in which we will be talking to our same guests, Jazz and Lee, about what makes great tour
4: content.